Welcome to episode 118 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at season 5, episode 12, Bad Blood. The original air date was Sunday, February 22nd, 1998. The action primarily takes place in Texas, and the IMDb user score has risen from 9.2 to 9.4 out of 10. That is very telling right there. This is also Gillian Anderson's all-time favorite episode of the series, as well as being the highest-rated episode of this season. This was Vince Gillian's turn to take a stab at writing a purely comedic episode of the series. It starts with what I consider to be the best cold opening of any X-Files episode, and possibly the best one in the history of television, or at least my favorite. We get a young boy being chased by a strange man through a dark forest. All we know is that the young boy, and by young I mean early teens, is crying out for help, saying he's going to kill me. The man catches up and drives a stake through the boy's heart. Then we hear Scully call for Mulder and realize the man who just staked this child through the heart is Mulder. Scully catches up to see what he's done. Mulder's saying, well, this is a vampire. See, and shows her the fangs, which Scully then removes because they are plastic fangs. We get a shot of Mulder's face as he says, oh, shh, and then it cuts right to the opening credits. From there, we've got what is sometimes referred to as he said, she said. I found it was more like Rashomon, where we get Mulder's perspective of events and Scully's perspective of events as they tell each other what's going on during an inquiry, because that boy, Ronnie Strickland's parents, are planning to sue the FBI for 440-some million dollars, and they're trying to get their stories straight or, you know, at least hear what the other person has to say before going into their meeting with Skinner. That's called short because Ronnie Strickland disappears from the morgue. It seems that Mulder identified him as the person who's a vampire that is somehow drugging his victims. As we learned, it's through the pizza that he's delivering as the pizza boy. And Mulder ends up eating some of this drugged pizza that Scully originally ordered and would have been his next victim had Scully not shown up. Now, Mulder remembers seeing clear signs of paranormal activity and supernatural behaviors when Scully doesn't. It turns out Ronnie is a vampire, as are pretty much all the people who live in the trailer park for this tiny Texas town, and they ultimately leave. Now, Ronnie Strickland was played by Patrick Renna. At the time, he was best known for being one of the lead cast in The Sandlot, which was a popular movie with its target audience. I wasn't a huge fan of it. He did his part well. I was just older than the target audience, and it just wasn't for me. He's also known for Son-in-Law, Dark Ride, and Bad Roomies. He is still working today, about 20 years later. His most recent credit is actually Fear Incorporated from 2016. Another guest star who is probably missed by most American viewers, but is easy to spot by most Canadian viewers, is Brent Butt. He was the creator and co-star of the Corner Gas TV series, as well as the movie spin-off, which was pretty popular here in Canada for a few years while it was on. It lasted 107 episodes, which is actually a pretty good track record for Canada, where we tend to have shorter seasons than the U.S. does. But the most notable guest star is Luke Wilson. Now, when this came out, he'd already been in Bottle Rocket, Telling Lies in America, Best Men, and Scream 2. He had filmed Home Fries, which was written by Vince Gilligan, and that's how he ended up on The X-Files. The writer Gilligan invited him over for this spot. 
He later appeared in the Legally Blonde movies, the Charlie's Angel sequel. He played Casey Kelso in six episodes of that 70s show. Plus, Middleman Enlightened, he has been working steadily with 72 credits since his career really took off in the early 1990s. Now, as I mentioned, this episode was written by Vince Gilligan. It was also directed by Cliff Bull. We talked about Bull before. This is his second episode of The X-Files. His first episode of The X-Files that he directed was Small Potatoes. He will go on to direct two more. His directing career starts with an episode of Beretta from 1976. But he also directed for Star Trek Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, an episode of Supernatural, and more. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2014 at the age of 76, making the 2007 episode of Supernatural, Red Sky at Morning, his final IMDb credit. So generally speaking, this is a highly entertaining episode. It does reference an homage Rashomon, the wonderful Akira Kurosawa film. Now, when the season started, I did mention that there were a couple of episodes where you could tell that even though they were filming widescreen, they were still thinking, as far as cinematography was concerned, in 4x3. If you're watching this in the original DVD releases, you'll easily see what I mean. The Netflix version has actually cropped out the error I'm about to describe in detail. I haven't checked the recent Blu-rays, but I suspect they're going to be the same as Netflix since they've got the widescreen conversion on the first four seasons as well. But there were two very telling errors in this season when they first moved to widescreen. One was in the season premiere, where Mulder and Skinner are standing side by side. Skinner's giving a speech. When we get a shot of Mulder's reaction, we can still see Skinner off to the side, only his lips aren't moving, even though you can hear him on the soundtrack. This is the other one. In the scene where Mulder breaks the chair to find a piece of wood to use as a stake before he chases Ronnie Strickland, in the DVD, you can clearly see that he breaks the prop chair, but then a prop person slides the appropriate stake prop into the pile. And you can see that hand drop it in on the corner, and then Mulder picks it up once it's in place. It's really subtle. It doesn't appear at all in the 4x3. I was watching for it here, and you can't even see that that piece of wood is being slipped in after the filming starts. But if you're looking at the original DVD releases, it's pretty clear. So that's a correction I don't mind them making, because it does knock you right out of the show when you see it. As far as the science for this episode is concerned, well, the fact that they remember things differently is actually bang on what actually happens with science. They've even shown that when you're remembering something, you're not remembering the original event, you're remembering the last time you've remembered it, which is one of the ways our memories change and sort of mutate and vary over time. So the fact that Mulder and Scully have two completely different perspectives is actually not that abnormal or that surprising. Now, as far as the vampires are concerned, the vampires they have here that don't have an issue standing out in the sunlight, that's more likely than the vampires that suddenly burst into flame just because they're undead. Although most versions of vampires do say it's a magical or supernatural element and they're not science fiction creatures per se. There's no attempt to explain how they became the way they were. Here they do mention that there's other versions. What we see is that, yeah, basically they feed on blood, but they don't have to kill people to do it. Ronnie just doesn't get the current vampire culture that are just trying to live in the shadows. You know, they're good neighbors, they pay their taxes, etc. The thing that really stands out are the luminescent eyes. That's something that I would think would stand out pretty well with any crowd. So while this kind of vampire is 
perhaps possible, except for the whole undead thing. But, you know, a small group of people living essentially as cannibals, that piece is reasonable. Anyway, that's everything we have to say about Bad Blood, one of the funniest episodes in the history of the series. Join us again in two weeks' time when we talk about the Patient X Red and the Black two-parter. In the meantime, don't forget to rate this and any of the shows you listen to on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use. It really does help the shows get noticed. Share links with friends who you feel may enjoy it. And finally, thank you for listening.